Trust in God and God will make your path straight. And in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. Over the last few weeks, or over the last month, I should say, we've been in the readings looking at how God loves us, how to keep unified as a community, and how to allow the Holy Spirit into our lives to sustain us and nurture us as we do our ministry in the community that surrounds us. But today we find a situation where Elijah is running away from Jezebel and we have a man who is possessed by demons. And so the thought came to my mind, it's great to have our focus on love, on care and on the Holy Spirit. But let us not forget the passage from Peter that says, Discipline yourselves, keep alert. Like a roaring lion, the adversary, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. I don't want to be fatalistic, but it is one of the things that we have to deal with is that the world of the unseen does affect us. And the people, the spirits of the unseen also have an effect on us. When I read Daniel, I read about in the passage, I read a passage that talks about how he prayed to God and Gabriel finally does come after 21 days but Gabriel says to him, I heard your prayer but I couldn't come because the prince of Persia had stopped me so I needed to wait for Michael to come to deal with the prince so that I could bring you the message. The world of the unseen does affect us and it affects us in our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. So I just wanted to use the readings from today to to think about spiritual attack and how we need to deal with that and how we need to prepare for that. Because as a community that is refreshing and renewing our commitment to God and moving forward telling people, come worship with us, come join us, come receive communion at this place, at this worship centre, and we become more successful and we become more open and draw more people to us, you can expect that we will be part of the focus of the roaring of the prowling lion that wants to devour and, and cause mischief among us. So as I look at the Garrison today, there's a few lessons that come to mind. We see a young man who's left out into the tombs, who's possessed by demons. And he's in the tombs and he's away from the people. He's in shackles, but he constantly goes out into the wilds, into the fields. He's never with the community. And when we talk about demons, I know we've got the Hollywood image of great dragons that can blow fire and knock over buildings and all that. But that's not what we're talking about. Think about that self-talk that you might have for yourself that says, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Who am I to say a good word to someone? Who am I to pray for someone when I'm so awful? Just think of your own self-talk at different times. Where has the self-talk been in your mind that says, I am not... Finish that sentence off. You see, it's not the big dragon that flies out from the sky and starts firing... uh, volcanic uh, lava at us. It's that small talk in our mind that slowly chips away at our relationship with God. 
that death by a thousand cuts can be far more significant in our relationship with God than the one event that we need to face. Because when we're faced with that big event, we can steal ourselves and, and pray to God because we can see it coming. But those little cuts to our soul that just chip away at our confidence, at our relationship with our God, we need to be wary of that. And when those chips happen, they cause us to move away from our faith community, to move away from our family, to move away from receiving communion. When we have that discussion in our mind that says, I'm not worthy, I'm not able, I'm not capable, you just want to hide somewhere in a room. You actually don't want to be around someone. Because I know I've had that experience. You don't want to be around people. You want to be alone. And yet that is the time when you feel you want to be alone and you want to be by yourself. That is the time to seek fellowship, to seek prayer, to seek communion, to be the first one up here. And I'm not saying the first person today that comes up is under any spiritual attack. I don't want to do that. But to just have in your mind that you need to come and be with God in those moments. We also see in the, in the Demonaic today that He's naked. And nakedness in the Bible is about not remaining holy and righteous, living an immoral life. You know, if you feel good, do it. That sort of mentality. That is also one way that we can allow a spiritual attack to happen to us. When we move away from looking at what God wants us to do and what, what is holy and righteous before us and start doing what feels good, what we think might be right, you know, something that, well, there's an argument... And if I take a least path of resistance, well, it's gonna, it's not, we're not going to have an argument. But maybe you need to have that discussion with someone. So moving away from being holy and righteous allows other voices to speak to you that take you away further from your God. And I just caution you about listening to those voices. Some, it's not wrong to say it'll be nice to go surfing, and it would be lovely to go surfing today, I'm sure. But at a time when you haven't been with God, at a time when you haven't put God at the centre of your life to give your soul nourishment and refreshment, well, I'd caution you about that. Because out in our community, we are told that that is the least thing that you need to worry about. And yet today we read about the idea of a person who had been so far away from God and his community that he needed that the most. You see, when we look at the example of the demoniac, we see a person who is filled with all those six, a legion would be 6,000 demons, would be filled with 6,000 different thoughts. Imagine if you had 6,000 different negative thoughts about yourself every single day. Your relationship with God would be strained. Your understanding of how you fit into a community would be strained. And so... What happens? Jesus reaches out to him. When no one else would reach out to him, Jesus reaches out to him. He goes into the tombs. He goes away from those that are okay to find the lost sheep. And he asks, what is your identity? He's, and the man responds, I'm legion. I'm just, I don't know what my identity is. And sometimes when we are under spiritual attack with our thoughts and that process of a death by a thousand cuts... Sometimes we forget what our identity is. 
We forget that we are baptised children of God. We forget that we are the people that the light has come into. And we think about all those things that we're told, well, this is what you are. But are you that? Because when you're baptised, you are, are baptised as a child of God and nothing on heaven and earth can stand between you and your God. Now put those self-talk amongst that thought. It just doesn't work, does it? When you know you're baptised in a child of God, any self-talk that says anything else just can't withstand that. So Jesus goes and he, he gives him identity. And then when he finds his identity, where do we find the demonic? Sitting at Jesus' feet. When we remember our identity, when we, when we take a moment to say, all right, I've had this self-talk for the last two days, I'm going to stop and I'm just going to reflect on what my identity is and who I am. Sit at Jesus' feet for a while. Allow that time to wash over you and to fill you. What does that self-talk sound like now? Sounds like an empty clanging bell, doesn't it? And then further to that, he's clothed. So he's gone from being naked to being clothed. So he, he then restores his holy and right, his position as being a holy and righteous child of God. So sitting at feet, Jesus' feet restores you as a holy child of God. And when he does that, he then starts talking to his community about the testimony of how Jesus freed him from the self-talk, from the demons that were surrounding him. And so I would challenge you to, to think about that. But then we also have another aspect of spiritual attack, and that is from those around us, from those people in our community, from those that surround us. We have a situation here with Jezebel chasing Isaiah. So Elijah, wrong prophet, wrong book. Elijah. And he's, she's chasing him because he's killed a number of her prophets, the prophets that worship Baal. And they had that burning of the, of, on the altar, the sacrifice, and you know, he's saying, you know, call your God and call louder, he's awake. Maybe he, and he's challenging them. And then he goes off and he says, pour water on it, pour. And he's, you know, he's being a bit, you know, a bit rude to them. And then all of a sudden God does send the fire and burns the sacrifice. And he has all the prophets killed. And Jezebel hears about it. And the story picks up with Jezebel chasing Elijah now, uh, chasing Elijah now to, to punish him. But she doesn't want to punish him by killing him. She wants to punish him by discrediting him. She wants to punish him, she wants to punish him that, to show that the people, that this man who had seen the power of God has run away and hidden before her. And sometimes we too have those situations where people in our community tell us as Christians, don't come to church. Why are you wasting your time? You can do far more without church. In fact, as I read some commentaries, people were talking about the story of the demoniac as a psychiatry or psychological story. Whereas the Bible is quite clear, it was a possession of spirit story. So we can have spiritual attack from people in our community. We could have spiritual attack from people in our, in our own worship space at different times where they attack the things that we're trying to do. And you might know the power of God in your life. You've seen it. We've all seen God do amazing things in our life. 
And I'm sure there's a testimony. If you, if you just took a moment to breathe, there would be a testimony of what God has done in your life that just stands out like a lighthouse and you could easily tell us. And yet we forget that sometimes because the person's voice that is against us sounds so threatening and it sounds so powerful, doesn't it? it sounds, sometimes it sounds, in the moment, it sounds much more powerful than the memories of all the miracles and the way God has acted in our life have come about. And yet Elijah, he speaks about moving away for his life. And if you translate that a little bit more literally, it's moving away for the sake of his soul. So where we read it as he's run away and he's a coward, it's actually saying he's, he's taking a moment to retreat, not to run away because he thinks Jezebel is far more powerful, but because he's lost his sense of his compass direction in knowing where God is in his life and how God is working in that moment. And so as we deal with spiritual attacks, sometimes we need to step away and not retreat from the person, but move to a space of contemplation, a space of meditation to understand how God is actually working in our life. So that we can hear the voice of God, not in the thunder, not in the, not in the earthquakes, not in the wind, but in the silence of the cave in the silence of our space that we call our place of God, in our home. I mean, this is a building, you're the church. So wherever you are, the church is active. If there's a room in your house, well, the church is active that day. So use those spaces, find a time to meditate. If you're hearing all those negative voices, or you're this, and comments about where you're from, or whatever it might be. And then, once he's heard God, he then starts coming back to face Jezebel and it's, you can almost see the power of God coming behind him as he moves forward. When we are dealing with spiritual attack, it's very important to remember that when we're dealing with the unseen world, it is very, very hard to deal with it in our own power. In fact, it's almost impossible. We do need Jesus. We need our God behind him behind us, as Elijah had his God behind him. So we need to meditate and take the power of God, take the power of heaven with us into those conversations that say, hang on, I understand your point, but that's not what we're trying to do. Or hang on, you're saying we don't go to church. This is why we do go to church. I'd invite you to come along. See, Jesus says, pray for our enemies, because our enemies are not the person in front of us because they're being surrounded by the unseen. We need to pray for our enemies so that the unseen world can leave them and they can be a child of God just as we are. In the end, the, the nuclear power of Jesus in our life is amazing and we need to call on Jesus when we have troubles. We've, we've spoken about calling on Jesus in our joys and in our praise but never underestimate how much we need to call on Jesus during our times of trouble. In the, in, the ver in the final verse of the Gospel today, it says, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. When you've understood that the situation may be a moment of spiritual attack and you've sat with Jesus at his feet, re-established your holy and righteous 
beliefs, then go and tell people how much God has done for you. In your testimony, in your understanding of God's place in your life, that is the power to rebuke the spiritual attack, to allow you to stand out as a child of God. Share that with people around you and remember to share it, more importantly, with yourself in those moments where you feel a bit lost. The Lord be with you.